salvation is planned by the Father, accomplished by the Son, and is applied by the Holy Spirit. It is consummated on the last days by the final word of the Holy Spirit, and we are glorified. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing, a podcast dedicated to the rediscovery of hymns, both ancient and modern. In the beginning, God had a plan of salvation to bring redemption to His elect. We see the broad picture in Romans eight twenty-eight through 30 and that in the present time we have suffering, but there is a future glory that awaits us. It isn't always going to be this way, for God has a plan. The immediate context of the text is that God works all things, even including present suffering, together for the good of those whom he loves. One would not need dig too deep into this passage to understand that those that love him are those who are called to his purpose. In God's plan of salvation, he calls us. But who are the us, and how does he call us? There are two kinds of calling. The gospel call That's the gospel that falls on the ears of all people, as it is our duty as imitators of Christ to go and preach the good news to all. And there is the effectual call, those who love the Lord, who have been called for His purpose. In verse 29 of Romans 8, we see evidence of this effectual call. Those who He foreknew, He also predestined. In verse 30, we are presented with five verbs in the past tense, foreknew, predestined, called, justified, and glorified. These are all five ways of saying saved. There is a common theme here. Who is the subject of these five verbs? Well, God is the subject in all parts of the salvation process, from the beginning all the way to the final outcome. He is the one who foreknew. He is the doer of the action. The object of these five verbs would be us, those called to his purpose. John Wesley said of this text that it is not certain that those who come in are the same who come out. In other words, those whom God predestined may not be those who are glorified in the end. He did not believe in perseverance of the saints. But what we see is that there is consistency throughout. Who God starts with, He will work through to the end. God's plan of salvation stretches from the very beginning before the creation of the world. He takes this plan all the way to the end of time and our glorification. A glorification that is in the past tense a glorification that has already been accomplished. This is eternal security that we are kept and that, counter to Wesley's point, once we are brought in, cannot fall from His grace. Now, what does Paul mean when he says that God foreknew? There are two main suggestions. The first is that foreknew is foresight. God knows the facts beforehand. In this view, he looks down the corridor of time at those who would choose him, and he chooses those individuals on that account. He sets it up this way, allowing man to use his free will. 
This is known as conditional election. God's choice of his people is conditioned upon his foreknowledge of their response to the gospel. The second suggestion is known as unconditional election, whereby God makes his choice to redeem according to his own purpose, apart from any conditions or qualities related to us. At the forefront of foreknowledge, we see God as a subject to which we are the object. God is the knower, we are the known. The Bible makes very clear that the proper understanding of foreknowledge is defined by unconditional election. Three examples that we see in Scripture are as follows. So Matthew 7.23, we see Jesus saying, I never knew you. Christ did not know the person. Now, it is true that he knew who they were and facts about them, but he did not save them. In John 10, we see Christ saying that I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. He has a personal relationship with those who he knew and those who knew him. He also loves us, and therefore we know and love him. And in Galatians 4, verse 9, Now that you know God, or rather have become known by God, this is the knowledge of the personal relationship between God the Father and those whom he knows. For know in Romans 8 has God setting his love upon those whom he has called before the foundations of the world and electing them because of that love. We love him because he first loved us. Imagine standing in the banquet hall of a great feast in the presence of the king. You are but a lowly peasant, undeserving of such an invitation. Yet there you are, chosen not by anything you have done, but because the king truly loves you and he wants you there. choice and 
and rather star than come. Twas the same love that spread in the feast that sweetly drew us in. Else we had still refused to taste and perished in our sin. episode of the Lunch Break Hymn Sing. We look forward to seeing you next time. Until then, enjoy your lunch break. <laughs>